This episode of Industry Focus is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. Investing lesson number one, don't pay for lessons. TD Ameritrade's education is free. Choose from articles, videos, webcasts, and more. Everything you need to take your trading to the next level. Visit tdameritrade.com education, member SIPC. Welcome to Industry Focus, the show that dives into a different sector of the stock market every single day. Today is Tuesday, March the 26th, and we're talking consumer goods. I'm your host, Shannon Jones. I'm joined via Skype by a foolish contributor fresh off of his weekend cruise ship, <laughs> Dan Klein. Dan, how, how is life treating you? Poorly, well, it I, sounds like. I, I promise to not make you laugh. <laughs> But my uh, Shannon has a bit of a cold, so laughing she's going to cough. Uh, my world is still a little bit wobbly. A lot of people get sick on a boat. I have trouble after I get off the cruise. For the next couple of days, my world is a little bit sloshing around. You know, I, I have to say, I fall in the same category after I get off a cruise ship. I'm usually a little wobbly. I figured it out. It was my caffeine intake. We'll have to do a follow-up show on how to avoid that for all of our listeners <laughs> well, who take cruise ships, because I, I deal with the same thing. But glad to have you back on land. Talking about cruise ships, maybe next month. So if you have any cruise ship questions, send them to us. Send Tweet them at us, along. whatever it is. Yes, would love to have that. And yes, we will definitely do that. But I'm excited, Dan, that uh, you are back on land because today's show was about covering some of the bigger headlines and some of the bigger names out there that a lot of our listeners have been asking about. Um, so let's actually let's kick things off with the first story. And of course, that comes from none other than Amazon, of course, ticker symbol AMZN. So reports have come out over the past week, primarily, um, of Amazon's newest profitability push, which has really been ramping up on its, for lack of a better term, crap on its website. (laughs) Dan, what exactly is this crap on Amazon's website? And what is it that they're actually attempting to do here? Now, I am someone who has bought a ton of crap from Amazon. We've, we've talked about it on other shows that, you know, sometimes I get package notices from my building and it's like a mystery. Like, what did I order? Is it something I actually need? But they're not talking about that. Uh, Amazon unofficially uses the term crap for can't realize a profit. That's an item that just no matter how they ship it, it's just not going to work. So picture something heavy, like a bottle of water, or something that's like both fragile and not very expensive. A, a bag of Doritos is really awkward to ship. So if I decide at 2 in the morning, I need Doritos two days from now, Amazon is trying to either very much downplay those items uh, by not allowing ads for them, or just not taking them anymore, because there's simply no way to make money on them. Exactly. And so really... In 2018, you saw Amazon starting to push back on a lot of these vendors, saying, you need to rethink your pricing. Now, we've got word that not only are they saying, rethink your pricing, but you're no longer going to be able to have ads. You're not going to be able to pay for ad space on our site if your products are not profitable for us. And what's so interesting is when you look at their ad business, Dan, it's not like the ad business is struggling by any means. Ad sales actually doubled in 2018, totaling over $10 billion. For 2019, you've got some analysts saying that could jump 50 to 60 percent. 
Um, and could even at one point, their ad business could even surpass the more lucrative AWS, Amazon Web Services, by 2021. So it's not necessarily like the ad business is struggling, but what's really behind this, Dan? Well, I think the ad business gives them some leeway. If there's a, a product that would be break even or lose a tiny bit of money, but it's being advertised and that pushes it overall into profitability, Amazon might be ignoring that. They haven't explained exactly sort of what hits this list. The other thing they've done is they've pushed back to vendors and they've taken certain items and said, we're not going to fulfill these anymore. These aren't going to be Amazon Prime items. You're going to fulfill them. And what that does is it sort of forces the vendor to look at the pricing and say, okay, now I have to bear the cost of shipping. Now I have to deal with all this. And it's going to force some prices higher. This is really just Amazon doing what any store does. If you walk into a grocery store, are they going to devote an end cap to something that they only make a couple of cents on? Or are they going to devote an end cap to a high margin product or a product that's sort of a gateway to others? If you buy chicken broth, well, you might need noodles and carrots and who knows what else. But Amazon has a harder time doing that. If I buy a bag of Doritos, I'm not necessarily going to buy 16 other things with it. I might take advantage of being a Prime member and just buy a $2.99 bag of chips, then they're going to lose money. So that's kind of the motive of all this is really just to right size some of their business. Uh, but yet still, I think you're you're seeing, or at least hearing the headlines about this, just because Amazon really has been touted, and they've really been uh, all about creating this frictionless shopping experience, whether that's from a vendor's perspective or from a customer's experience. And so now that you see them starting to get much more targeted in terms of what they're actually advertising on their site, now you're, you're starting to, to hear the people lament. But I, I have to wonder, though, and I think this is what it comes down to at the end of the day, and you started to hint at it, what does this mean for consumers, though? It's it's bad. <laughs> so Amazon has over 100 million items available for Prime. So let's pretend this gets rid of 2% of the items. It's not going to be a disaster. It's not like you're going to go onto Amazon and be like, I want shampoo, and all of a sudden they don't sell shampoo anymore. But you might find that they don't sell shampoo in the exact size bottle you want it, or in the brand of your choice, they only have certain sizes or certain availability. And that can happen in grocery stores. You know, if you go to a grocery store, they're only going to have that double big size box of cereal for certain brands. So again, this is it's it's going to impact consumers because some things that were very very cheap are probably either going to go away or get more expensive. But I don't think your average person is really going to notice. It's a lot like grocery store pricing where it's just kind of something you don't think about that often. I agree. I mean, I think you will have uh, some some immediate pain for some shoppers, but ultimately the shoppers that are coming to Amazon are really coming from a convenience standpoint, and they're willing to pay a little bit more just to have that box show up at their doorstep within a day or two days. So I don't see this being a, a huge problem for them, but it will definitely be something to watch moving forward. Um, on the other side of the break, we're going to be diving into another re- retailer, specifically one that's hoping to cash in on the next big thing. Uh, but before we do, a quick word from our friends at TD Ameritrade. This episode of Industry Focus is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. When it comes to investing education, one size doesn't fit all because everyone is different. Whether you're just starting out or an elite trader, TD Ameritrade's education gives you what you need to learn on your own terms. 
Choose from articles, videos, webcasts, and in-person events. You'll even have access to education coaches. Everything you need to take your knowledge to the next level. Start today at tdameritrade.com education, member SIPC. All right, so next up for us, the largest retail drugstore, CVS, of course, ticker symbol CVS, is diving into the latest new health and wellness craze. That is none other than CBD. That's right. CVS has started selling hemp-derived CBD in several of its stores with plans to expand with its partner, the cannabis producer Cureleaf Holdings, and that's ticker symbol C-U-R-L-F. Dan, what can you tell us about this uh, budding new relationship? You see what I did there? (laughs) See, I did. So this is a toe in the water. This is eight CVS stores, and they're only selling topicals, uh, meaning that they're not entering the other major category for CBD, which is edibles. It's also important to, to recognize that while there's a lot of, let's call them purported, maybe in some cases proven medical benefits for CBD, this is not a drug. This is not marijuana. Uh, Shannon, you've covered this more. Maybe you can explain the exact differences. Exactly. So this is CBD. It's coming from hemp, not the marijuana plant, a cousin of the marijuana plant. And hemp, more specifically, was made legal thanks to the 2018 Farm Bill that was signed into law back uh, in December of last year. So now all of a sudden, and actually a little bit sooner than I thought that it would, you're seeing this flood of these hemp-based CBD products. It does not contain THC. THC is what is known as kind of the psychoactive agent behind the high of marijuana. This is completely separate. It's just CBD. And as you mentioned, Dan, this is really just topicals, lotions, creams. Certainly is interesting because you could see how it could open the door for edibles. Canada is planning to um, uh, open the door to edibles for marijuana. Of course, they've already legalized adult-use recreational marijuana, but the edibles is the next component. Of course, the U.S. is much further behind but at least for CVS, they're they're getting out early on this CBD craze, specifically partnering with Cureleaf with a lot of these topical creams and ointments. And, and clearly, there's a demand. Uh, so I live in West Palm Beach, Florida, and Florida has sort of loose standards on this. There is a CBD store, maybe not on every corner, but there's at least four or five of them within a couple mile radius of uh, of downtown where I'm sitting right now. So. This is CVS saying, if people want this, we're not going to give it up. It's, it's, it's many ways like the, uh, the supplements and additives and other things people take uh, that are not necessarily proven science. You know, uh, Taking ginkgo biloba might help your memory. It might not. <laughs> uh, and I think there's a lot of that with, with CBD, that this is CVS saying, our customers are going to get this product. We should have them get it from us. At least they'll sort of know that it is what it's supposed to be. They'll have more of an idea of how it interacts with other things. Uh, it's a very smart play as long as they take it very slowly and very carefully because you're going to see CBD at the mall. You're going to see CBD in a lot of places. So why not CVS? Exactly. And with Cureleaf, Cureleaf is the first announced partner. It would not surprise me if CVS decides to add a lot more brands that are out there, some with much higher brand appeal even. Um, so Cureleaf was at least first out of the gate with partnering to get this into CVS stores. The, the question that I have, Dan, 
is, do you think this makes sense? You and I have talked before on the show about CVS being a company in transition. Do you think this plays in well with this whole concept that they're trying to build? I think the challenge is CVS is trying to build its brand around health. And, you know, you have CBD, which... Again, I understand. Please don't send me the tweets. There's some research that says it works for certain things. There's people who absolutely swear by it. But I think it's fair to say the science is still out. We're not entirely sure what the impact of this is. So in many ways, it's like CVS selling you know, caffeinated products. Uh, are there benefits to caffeine? Absolutely. Can too much of it hurt you? Sure. So it doesn't fit the wellness message entirely. On the other hand, there's people who think this is a curative product. So as long as CVS sort of doesn't make those claims, like if they put out CBD and says it's going to cure whatever, well, that's not great. But if they leave it like the way they market, say, vitamin C or any any other vitamin, and people have their beliefs in what it does, then I think it can still fit that motif. Yeah, I think for CVS... Personally, I think this does fit well into this this rebranding that they're attempting to to build right now. And they want to be the one-stop health and wellness shop for anyone. And so I think adding in CBD, you know your consumers want it. Yes, the verdict is still out in terms of all of the benefits, but there are some benefits to CBD that we do know about. And really, the research is just beginning thanks to the 2018 Farm Bill. So I think I think there'll be a lot more that comes out, but I do kind of like to see that they are being being aggressive in trying to to build out this whole health and wellness um, concept uh, in terms of store branding. Um, what's interesting to me, though, is, of course, on the marijuana side with Curaleaf. So Curaleaf, of course, being the first right now to supply this major supply deal with a retailer of this magnitude is significant. Um, you mentioned Florida being a huge market. Cureleaf has a lot of dispensaries in Florida. This certainly expands their their retail footprint footprint a lot further. Um, and uh, like I mentioned, it certainly opens the door for edibles should that ever come to market. Um, but all in all, the CBD market opportunity is huge. Some analysts are actually pegging the market as much as twenty two billion dollars by twenty twenty two. For a company like Cureleaf uh, that only made uh, maybe a few million in 2018, you can see the the long growth runway here. Um, so I, I like the strategy here in terms of Cureleaf actually having long-term competitive advantage. That's kind of a question mark for me. But I do like ultimately this play that CVS is trying to brand itself as a health and wellness shop and is a one-stop shop for many, too. Well, for Cureleaf, this is a no-brainer because this gives it ultimate brand credibility. And one of the reasons I've never used a CBD product is... I don't want to say every CBD store is kind of sketchy, but most of them sell pipes and bongs and you know other 
things that have valid uses but are also drug paraphernalia. So I'm not necessarily walking into that shop to find out if uh, taking CBD would calm my nerves or be good for my stomach or, I don't know, help my cat sleep better or whatever, some of the many things it's used for. So for Cureleaf, this puts their product in front of people who would never walk into the places where CBD is being sold now. And that's where CVS has to be careful. They're lending their name to something. It's in many ways like, you know, back in the 80s, when I, you know, or the early 90s when I went to college, you could walk into a CVS and buy those pills that helped you stay up later so you could study more. And it later turned out that those were very bad and we shouldn't be taking those. Um, and you know, CVS takes a little bit of a hit. So that's why they're going slow here. They, they're not going to introduce you know, a soda with CBD in it because kids would drink it until they know exactly what it does and who it's for. So baby steps, really good for Cureleaf, very progressive for CVS, but they have to be very careful to not harm their brand. And even more interesting is that CVS is not the only retailer going after CBD. We've also got some other, I guess you can call them high-end luxury retailers as well, Dan, also jumping in on the craze. Yeah. I mean, coming to, to Barney's, there's going to be CBD shops, which is, you know, putting it in front of an entirely new audience and going into, a, you know, 100, let's call them upscale um, Simon-owned malls. And, you know, that's a very different presentation. It's, a uh, you know concierge level presentation what what's ailing you here's what might work you know it's not exactly doctors but it's kind of like the way a good wine steward or barista can take you through the coffee or the wine process so again it's going to take cbd and bring it in from the fringes and if cvs is stocking it at reasonable prices and other people are sort of doing some of the like matching and here's what you need work that's going to be good for cvs and who knew CB, CBD and a lifestyle luxury brand like Barney's could be a thing? I think it's interesting. They plan on calling this concept that they're rolling out at Barney's the, quote, the high end. Um, I have to give it to them at least a few points for creativity there. But I think you'll see much more of this and even more so. These are just signs that we're hitting peak CBD craze. What do you think, Dan? Um, I don't think we're anywhere near the peak. I, I think as this gets exposed to more people, I mean, you know, look, I'm 45 years old. There's aches and pains. There's all sorts of things that you know, don't happen to you when you're 35. So if these products prove safe and valuable, there's a market for them. You know, I'm sure I live in Florida. There's people a billion years older than me. If, if a cream makes your arthritis hurt less and your friend got exposed to it at Barney's or CVS or wherever, I think there could be a huge mainstream explosion of CBD and really a destigmatization of it. Yeah, I think the growth opportunity is very long. When I when I say CBD craze, it's really just the madness. When when my mom is asking me about CBD showing up in CVS and all of these department stores, that's where I know we've hit peak madness and craze. But all in all, a lot to watch here. Um, and for Dan and I, that'll do it for this week's industry-focused consumer good show. Dan, always a pleasure to have you on the show. 
Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, next time, perhaps I'll be sitting next to you. I hope so. And thank you, thank you to our listeners for tuning in this week. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. And the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. This show is being mixed by Austin Morgan. For Dan Klein, I'm Shannon Jones. Thanks for listening and full on. Thank you.